Hello, ladies, gentlemen, and non-binary friends. If it's your first time here, welcome. And if it's not, welcome back to Actors with Issues with me, your host, Juan Ayala, bringing you another quick and casual chat with the delightful actor from the small screen, the big screen, or the Broadway stage. You've seen today's guest from across film and television from Sons of Anarchy to Luke Cage, Netflix's True Story, and here to talk with us about their latest project, Escape the Field. It's Theo Rossi. Theo, welcome to the show. Hey, thank you, Juan. Thanks for having me. Absolutely. So, uh, you know, with Escape the Field, I literally just finished watching it. Uh, oh. I commend any actor who does horror movies or thrillers just because it's like nonstop, high energy, just, you know, take after take of this exhausting stuff, especially with this particular movie. It sort of takes place in like one span of time. Yeah. Did you find that particularly challenging or just exhausting having to just be in this mindset at all times? Yeah, I look back on this film as like uh, uh, I have such kind of a personal relationship with this film. It was the first film out of the pandemic, right? Mm. So we didn't even know like if we were ever going to make movies again. And the director, who was a friend of mine, you know, we had done, we had worked before on a project uh, years back, but we'd always been in touch about developing all these other projects. He called me and it was only like a couple of months into the pandemic. He's like, we're going to try this. We're going to do this movie and we're going to do it. It's just in a cornfield and it's like literally in one location and we're going to be in zones and we're going to get there two weeks early in quarantine and we're going to be testing five days a week. And we're going to do it. So it was more of like the experiment for that. And then mm -hmm. the film was, I, I hate to say it, the film was kind of like secondary because I was like figuring out because we were one of the first films back in the whole world where I was like, it's, are we can be able to do this. Mm -hmm. And I needed, I needed like to see if this was possible as a, you know, producer, filmmaker, actor, you know, direct, like trying to figure out. So there was that aspect of it. And then when it came down to what it was, the genre of the film, I think when you're in one location like this and you're dealing with these high stakes that are coming with it and you're, I call it like a situational film where like mm -hmm. as an audience member, you're going, what would I do here? Who, right. who, how, how would I handle this? And I love that, right? But what that also does is it amplifies the acting, right? If the acting's mm -hmm. not believable, if the dialogue doesn't work, the film doesn't work. So when you couple all that and you're hamstrung, I mean, we made the movie for no money, right? So it's like you're, you're, you're hamstrung with, you know, all these things that are happening. You just hope it works. But those are my favorite films to do, you mm -hmm. know, is like, there's nothing guaranteed about it, right? It's either going to work or it's not. But at least you know that every single person was like giving every bit of effort where I've seen that not necessarily be the case on things that have tons of money or they're, you know, a specific IP or, you know, whatever. It's like, you just feel that it's going to be whatever. So that was my kind of my opening of the field. Yeah. And throughout the process, because it was sort of, like you said, a rather COVID friendly movie, it was sort of like one location, very small cast, you don't have to worry about extras coming in and out on different days. Uh, just the whole process of making the film, uh, how did it differentiate from other maybe smaller projects pre COVID that you had done? So the one, one, you know, I always try to look at everything in life, like the positive, what can I take from it? What's the mm -hmm. lesson that happened here? You know, even in the most dire situations. And I think what, what was so good about what happened here, and I use that in a very loose way was rehearsal. 
we were in quarantine for a couple of weeks. So we had all this rehearsal. We mm -hmm. got to know each other for the ones that didn't know, you know, I've known Shane for 20 years, but for the other people, I've known the director for a long time, but for the other people, we got to know each other more. We got to spend time together. We got to find our rhythms, which then translates on screen. We also couldn't really leave the hotel. So it's okay. like you're eating together, you're hanging together, you're working out together, you're doing everything together. And that fosters a trust because art is about trust, right? You have to trust each other in, mm -hmm. in the fact of like, we're just gonna like, let's just go. Let's, let's try some things. Hey, you wanna try this? You wanna try that? I'm here for you. That's all comes with familiarity of having each other. So that was a big thing that came from this. Um, and then again, it was also like we were changing things while we were in that hotel kind of hanging out. Cause it was like, uh, all right, now that I'm seeing this, cause we're like kind of setting up these big banquet rooms in this hotel, like it's the field and going like, oh, well, okay, maybe we'll do this and that. And you never get that pre pandemic, especially on Indies, which is what I do a lot of. It's like, usually it's just run and gun. Like you just got to go, we got to go. And so that was really uh, a really nice uh, thing that occurred from a really, you know, horrific situation of what was going mm. on. Yeah, just knowing the process of filming, you usually have like a, a one take rehearsal for camera and then the stand-ins come in and, you know, you don't have that time, almost like theater, no. to rehearse for a couple of weeks. So that's really great. And again, with the movie, you can so totally see this like dynamic uh, of despite the high stakes in the movie, you can definitely see sort of like the comfort people trying to comfort each other when there's injuries and there's other things going mm -hmm. on in the movie. Um, so it's great to hear that that was totally the case sort of behind the scenes as well. Yeah. And I think, you know, listen, we're all in this for regardless of the project, you know, I mean, very few films and television will ever be mentioned a hundred years from now. So ultimately when you're doing this stuff, you want to, it's about the experience. It's about the people, right? It's about how your relationship is on that time that, you know, that's how you build a life. So again, if you go back and you think about it, while it seems all important and everything, and oh my God, this is going to be the greatest thing. Well, maybe we'll talk to me <laughs> in 50 years, right? You know, if anybody remembers anything about it. So the, the experience becomes the most important, which means the people become the most important because mm -hmm. I don't know where along the lines we got to this point where like group art, like theater, which we just referred to, you know, or, or where it became a solo sport. Cause it's not, it's surely not about the actors. Definitely not there. I don't even know if they're in the top 10. It's about everything else that's going on. It starts with the writing, the directing, the creativity, the imagination that comes with it, the lighting, everything you're setting up, the set design. And then the actor is just part of that team. Mm -hmm. And somewhere along whatever has happened in society, we've carved out where it's like, no, you're the most important thing. And it's just right. not the case, right? So what I think this is, and I'm really happy to see it, it's brought up like this whole team thing of like, we're gonna do this together to continue to make this business what it is. And what is this business to me? Movies like this, movies like anything are just to make people feel something, mm -hmm. to, to give you entertainment, to take you out of the situation, whatever situation you're in for a moment and to let you enjoy or not enjoy or pick apart or love, but it makes you do something else. And I love that about film and television. Definitely it's either that laugh, cry or think. To me, that's- love it take away one of those. <laughs>
Yeah, that and that's what good art does, right? We can yeah. sit here, both of us, and stare at a, you know, a Salvatore Dali, and like we're gonna have completely different opinions of what that painting means, right? A, a melting clock might mean one thing to me and something completely different to you. That's what's so incredible about this entire thing that we do of entertainment. So I think that with the field, it's just another thing of like, okay, what would I do here? Yeah. Huh? What would, what, what am I, well, this is a weird situation to be in. Like what, okay, and why is this happening? And then we get to ask ourselves, these questions. And that that's what I was in it for. Mm-hmm. And uh, just before we wrap up, uh, we always do love to ask this question, especially with folks who've had longer careers, um, such as yourself. So uh, is there anything that you know now about the entertainment industry that you wish you'd learned earlier? Oh, yeah. I mean, there's a lot. Um, <laughs> but the, the, the main things I would say is that I'm trying to verbalize this the right way. While it seems like such a big deal, it will happen when it's supposed to happen. Mm. But that, but what that doesn't give you the, it doesn't give you the pass to take your foot off the gas. Like you have to be, there is no plan B. If you're going to be an artist, which is ultimately an outlier from the way society is structured, if you're, you know, it's a hard, it's a really, it's, it's something different. And when you're going to do anything different, whether it be a podcast or whether it be something that just is not traditional in a sense, you have to not have a plan B, but you also have to understand the most important thing is that it will happen when it's supposed to happen. And whatever missed you was supposed to miss you. I never knew that I started, I took things personal. I kind of was like, why? And why does this happen? And why is that happening? And then as I started everything, you know, hindsight's a million, a million, right? You look back and you go, oh, that happened because if that didn't happen, this wouldn't happen. And that wouldn't happen if this didn't happen. And so everything happens. It's uh, cliche to say everything happens for a reason, but that's one of the things I looked at it doesn't mean that I ever needed to, I couldn't change it and I want to keep my foot on the gas, but I needed it. It had to happen the way it's supposed to happen. And it will, mm-hmm. it will, if you're, if you're doing it for the right reasons. Yeah. Awesome. Totally agree. And uh, I just want to throw a, throw a few uh, rapid fire questions sure. uh, your way before we go. Uh, fill in the blank. If I weren't working in the arts, I'd be. I think I'd be like a, a, a detective or something. I love figuring things out. Yeah. 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 Uh, what role you. have you had the most fun playing? Uh, the most fun because I think that it was the uh, most outside was Gene in True Story. I loved mm. him. Uh, what is the best advice you've ever gotten? Uh, if you're going to do this, if you're going to do this as a career, Katie Segal told me this, it's hard enough. This is hard enough to do. Uh, d- don't make it harder on yourself. Mm. Don't be your own worst enemy. Look out and, for yourself. Yeah. And what's the worst advice you've ever gotten? Oh, listen to other people. Listen <laughs> to this person. Listen. To, oh, they know what they're talking about. And I go, really? And then you listen to them. And then you go, that was, why did I listen to that person? I should have, if I'm going to, if I'm going to go, like, you know, I'd rather die on my uh, standing than die on my knees. Like, you know, I, I like, if I'm going to go, I want to go out of my own sword. Mm. Like, you know, when it comes to these really big decisions, you got to go with your gut because your gut never lies. Like you have, you know, and then if it doesn't work, at least you can look at yourself and say, I made the mistake, not what would have happened because I listened to that person. 
That was yeah. silly. Yeah. And uh, lastly, in 10 words or less, what advice would you give to a young actor? Do it. Do it and do it with all your heart. Awesome. Theo, thank you so much. Again, congrats on the movie. Uh, okay. For anyone that wants to find you on Instagram, social media, where can they find you? Oh, anything with Theo. I think I'm, I'm at this point, I'm at the one word name, like Prince. Um, I think it all just <laughs> says Theo or Theo Rossi. I don't know. Uh, I'm, I'm, I'm slowly trying to abandon social media. So we'll see. Me too, but tired when we've got a podcast to market. <laughs> yeah, exactly. Same with me. So it, it, I'm not, I say I'm abandoning, but I'm not going anywhere. <laughs> Awesome. And folks, you can all follow us on Instagram at Actors With Issues. Give me a follow at Juaniala Official and check out all of our full video interviews at youtube.com slash Actors With Issues podcast or listen on the go wherever you get your podcasts. New episodes every Monday. And don't miss Theo Rossi and Escape the Field in select theaters on digital and on demand May 6th. I'm Juaniala and you're listening to Actors With Issues. Awesome. Almost choked on the last word there. Jesus. No, <laughs> that makes it real. I love that stuff. The real, One the take. real, the better.